All right, we are continuing the series, and this is the bonus sermon. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just give you a little bit of what the other service got, and then we'll jump in and pick up on number nine uh, of the list. But uh, I, I didn't want you to miss this in the event that you don't go online and watch week one. But I know this campus, you'll do this, you will do it, and you'll be obedient. But um, I just want to show a, a video that we shot in prison this last week. I actually went to preach at Lionel Lakes Prison, and I, I want to pastor you through this moment. I don't want you to miss this, okay? Originally in this series with Anonymous, I was going to preach one of the weeks in prison, like right at the beginning of the series. And then last week or somewhere in the series, we would just show that sermon to everyone. I'd be gone that weekend. I'd have a weekend off, uh, whatever the case may be. But I would preach the whole sermon to the prisoners and then show it to all the campuses. And uh, it didn't work out. We couldn't get clearance in time. It just didn't work out. But it did work out for me to preach last Monday. And so as they were telling me like, hey, we can't get in for the day you wanted. It won't work. You're not going to get a weekend off, preach in prison and then have the weekend off. Um, so do you want to go on Monday still and preach at the prison? And I'm just giving you a glimpse into what my thought process was. Because just for a minute there, I'm thinking, okay, Monday's my day off. I've been tired. I'll just preach. I'll be at Faribault. I'll have just finished two back-to-back -back missions conventions, of which I preached at one. And, did that. and I'm thinking, you know, oh, I'm going to be tired, and I won't get the weekend off. And here am I, send somebody else. Okay, that's what I'm thinking, okay? All right, so does that bother you that your pastor's confessing this? Okay, because that's how I felt. And... Um, I, I'm, so I'm human. I'm just, again, I'm letting you have a glimpse in the way I'm thinking. And as I go to say that, like, all right, that's okay. Send Dave. You know, he does prison ministry. Send Gary. You know, uh, send Topper. I mean, just send somebody. As I, <laughs> Topper's like, oh, yeah. As I'm about to do that, as I'm about to do that, the Holy Spirit goes, just this quick. This is how quick it happened. The Holy Spirit just goes, oh, really? Really? So if you could have the weekend off, you go preach to the prisoners. But because you can't have the weekend off, you know, like, you're just going to let... So, so Jesus said, when I was alone and in prison, and you came and visited me, and now you have an opportunity to visit prisons, and you never, ever preached in a prison, now you're just going to pass and send top... That's the way you're going to do it. Really. Okay, so you're just going to be a pro-Christian rather than just a Christian that is obedient. I was like, oh, that just happened in a millisecond. And so immediately I said, I'm going... I'm going, I know it's my day off. I know I'll be tired. I'm going because I need to go preach to the least. And I'm telling you this because I loved the video and I thought it was amazing. And I didn't want you to think like your pastor was this super guy that, you know, never says no or anything. And you see all these videos. I wanted to give you a glimpse behind the scenes because here's what I know what happens to you. You're tired. You work all day. And then you hear like, oh, it's life group. And you go, oh, should we go? I've been working all day. I'm doing this. And I know the battle that you face. And I want you to know that I face the same battle as you. And we have to decide, are we going to heed the promptings of the Holy Spirit and do what he said? Or are we going to say, we make the call and are we going to be selfish? So I just, I wanted to pastor you through that moment. And now you can enjoy this video because it was just amazing being able to preach there at the prison. Prisoners have a number, but children have a name. Children have a name. When you become a child of God, He gives you a new name. 
you see yourself as a number, that's a sad thing. And I know you have a number, but before you got a number, you got a name. Aren't you glad that when you become a child of God, He doesn't say you are number 7,842 this week. He doesn't give you a number. He says your name. What's your name, by the way? Jamie? He says you're Jamie. He doesn't say number. See, we don't realize that before you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are a slave to something. You're a slave to sin, and you don't realize it. And in case you're wondering, I believe this. I believe the devil runs the biggest penitentiary on the planet. Jesus calls people by name, but the devil only calls people by number. I mean, no, it's hard to live up to the new name Christian. Man, it's hard. You got all the old things that you used to deal with. You got all the old habits that used to be in your life. You got all the old struggles. And God says, I got a new name for you, Christian child of God. And how many know you blow it? And then the first thing the devil says is, that's not a new name. You're not that new name. You're defined by your old name. You might as well be a number. Man, that's just struggle. That's life. You get back up and you say, God, give me the strength to live to my new name. And when you get out of here, I want you to live up to your new name. Live up to your new name, not an old number. Do not live up to that. Live up to a new name, a new name that God has given to you. I just got done preaching in the Lionel Lakes prison. It's the first time I've ever preached in a prison. And so many things stood out to me, but this really stood out. They said, thank you for saying that we're not anonymous. And I think that's what Jesus was saying when he said, you visited me in prison. I'm not anonymous. People matter. And I think it's up to the church to really grab hold of it and say, no one is anonymous. I want to thank God for the people that go into the prisons week in, week out from our church, those 60 people in our life groups and the people that do it when nobody's watching, when the camera's not rolling and they're not in the spotlight. Can we say thank you to all those people that go and minister? Yes. If you want to join them, we invite you to join them and go into the prisons and make a difference uh, and visit the least of these. Now, this is the bonus sermon, and uh, I just get you caught up to speed. In Romans 16, uh, the Apostle Paul has a whole list of names of people that he thanks. Now, in Romans chapters 1 through 15, he's dealing with deep, deep, deep theology. And then in chapter 16, it looks like it, it would be like almost like a throwaway chapter. Like it's just a bunch of names. Here's this person, here's this person, here's this person. But there's all these people that have studied this chapter and looked at all the names and the stories that are behind the names, okay? Like what happened there? Because I believe every name tells a story. I believe every name tells a story and every name in our church tells a story. And as our church grows and gets bigger and bigger and bigger, you are not anonymous. And God wants to use uh, sermon number one of this and this bonus sermon to help you see that you're not anonymous as you look at these names. And it's, it, it's so powerful what Paul gives us this glimpse into. And I do want to give credit, um, Dr. Glenn Menzies from North Central University and Dr. George Wood both gave me tons of material for this, and I'm indebted to them because they helped me to understand the names of these people. Now, we looked at eight names in the first sermon, and now we're picking up this one. And because this is a bonus sermon, we got time to go from 9 to 27. All right, so get comfortable, all right? So 
Number nine and 10, all right? So we looked at a bunch of names and another thing. I might butcher the pronunciation of their names, okay? And if I do, those of you that know how to pronounce their names, you can go correct us. And um, otherwise, I'm not worried because none of you are related to these people, all right? So <laughs> nine and 10, okay? So we've got, we just uh, finished number eight, Ampliatus was a guy that we talked about was physically uh, disadvantaged. And now nine and 10, we have Urbanus and state cheese, state cheese, not Stacy, but state cheese, all right? Now this is possibly a married couple that Paul is saying, hey, these people made a difference. Guys, don't forget, they're not anonymous. He said Urbanus and state cheese, these two, they really made a difference. And it's interesting, their names mean of the city, a polite one from the city, and ear of corn. So two names, all right, that's what their names mean. So here's what they're speculating. Maybe this was somebody from the country and somebody from the city that got married. So it'd be like somebody in our church going on a global team and somebody from the Edina area campus and Faribault getting married, all right? So it's like, we got two people, or Minatrista, all right? And uh, so it'd be the, like these people getting together. Now, what does it mean that Paul's recognizing these people? And again, as we look at these names, this will make sense as we keep going. He said, these people are good people. They're, they're great people. They're wonderful people. And really what he's saying is they're salt of the earth people. Have you ever said that about somebody? Like they're salt of the earth. And I want to tell you, if you're at River Valley Church and we would describe you as a salt of the earth person, we thank God that you are in this church and you are not anonymous. We thank God for you. I thank God that there are just good people that say we are part of this church and we're gonna build this church, we're gonna do everything we can and we're gonna use our kindness to build the church of God. How many know we want the happiest, friendliest greeters to sign up for our greeting ministry at River Valley Church? And I thank God you might be an Urbanus, a state cheese. You might be somebody that you're just friendly. You're good, you're kind. We thank God that you are greeting. You may never get the spotlight, but you are not anonymous. God sees every person that you greet, every person that you smile to, every parking lot attendant that's out there smiling and just a good person. God's saying, you're making a difference. You're not anonymous. You're not forgotten. All right, let's move on. Number 11, Apelles. Apelles, he says, greet Apelles whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Here's another person in this list of names that Paul's just going through and he's looking at these names. He's like, hey, Apelles made a difference. He's not anonymous, all right? Okay, so Apelles must have gone through a tough time and made it. Apelles must have gone through a tough time and made it and survived. Like the, it stood the test, he made it through. And I wanna tell you this, anybody in our church that goes through a struggle and makes it through to the other side, you are helping us to build the church. When you go through a struggle and you quit, you're like, I'm out of here, I'm away from God. I talked to somebody after a first service. They said, you know, I was in a church, I had a hard time, I stepped away from God, I walked away, it crashed in my life, my family became a disaster and all this, but now I'm back. And I was like, you never needed to leave. You should have stayed strong. They're like, I know. And I said, now that you're back, we're glad that you're back and you made it. But they realized that going through the struggle and walking away caused damage. When you go through the struggle and you stay firm in Christ, God says you're helping to build the church and it's not anonymous. Even though nobody gives an award for you staying through the struggle, you help to build the church. And Paul says, you're not anonymous. You matter, you make 
a difference. And people in leadership, you know, when you see somebody struggling, you ought to encourage them. You ought to say, hey, we're standing with you in your struggle. We're standing with you. I've been, share your struggle that you've been through to encourage people to stay involved in the church. All right, moving on. Number 12, this is a whole group. Uh, the Apostle Paul says, there's a group of people that are not anonymous. I've got to acknowledge what they did to build the church of Jesus Christ. And he says, the household of Aristobulus. He says, greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. And it's interesting, he's saying, there's a bunch of people building the kingdom of God that you don't even know about. And he's letting people know. He said, guys, they're in, they're in the house of Caesar. They're in an official place. They are up there in a spot of, of great importance. And he said, you don't even know about them, but they're there and they're building the kingdom of God. And he's saying, there's people that are working for the political powers and they're making a difference for Jesus. Now, here's something I want to say, and I want to recognize this. If you are a civic leader, a political leader, I see Tom right here. I see others, and maybe at our other campuses, there's people that serve, and we have people that are elected officials. If you're a civic leader, your good that you're doing is helping to advance the cause of Christ. And it's amazing when you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and you're working in the civic political arena, and you're making a difference. And Paul's like, hey, guys, there's people that are doing it. This, this whole household of Aristobulus, all these people connected to Caesar, there's something going on. It'd be like life groups going on at the state capitol. How many know that would be exciting? It's like life groups going on and prayer things going on in council chambers. And after the meeting's over, the Christians stick around and have a Bible study in council chambers. And he's saying there's something going on and they're helping to build the kingdom of God. And he's saying, this is an amazing thing. They're not anonymous. And he's like, he's letting the church know there's people where you don't even know where they are. You didn't think anybody was saved in Washington, but they are. That's basically what he's saying. And I want to thank all the civic leaders, the political leaders. I want to thank people that are in high-powered positions. Thank you for serving. Thank you for serving. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying your service, it's not anonymous. You may never win an award, but God's keeping track of it. And he's saying you're building the kingdom of God. Number 13, he says, Herodian. He said, uh, Herodian is, uh, he says, greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Now the term that he uses there, he's saying there's this person, Herodian, who is in power. And he says, my fellow Jew. And it could mean like my brother in the faith. Or it could actually mean my relative, okay? It could mean either or, either or. And I can tell you this, the people that studied this are split on it. Some believe he was just saying, hey, he's a brother in the faith. And others are saying, greet my brother who I'm related to. Like he's a relative of mine and he's related. So give me the latitude with the relative, all right? Can I say this? In any great church, there are family members that come along for the journey, Okay, in this church at River Valley Church, there have been some great family members of mine that have come along on the journey that don't get many thanks, but they get a lot of heat, if you know what I'm saying. What did your brother do that for? You know, what did that, you know, all this, and they've got this going on, and they don't get all the thanks, but they get a bunch of heat. And I want to let you know that in this church, my uh, brothers and their wives have helped to build the church. I just want to say to Rick and Kate, to Roger and Julie, to Ryan and Brandy, thank you for your anonymous work. I thank God for that. I thank God that you put up with things that your brother had to do. And I had to define, like, when we get together at Thanksgiving, I'm just your brother. 
If I schedule a breakfast, I'm your pastor. You know, you kind of lay down the ground rules there, you know? Um, sometimes they got pressure. Like, I thought you were supposed to be a pastor's brother. And they're like, doesn't mean I'm perfect. And they, they were there and they sacrificed. And at times when no one would show up, they were there and they were just really working hard. Matter of fact, it's an interesting thing. If you know my brother Rick, well, side note, all their wives, people will meet their wives and think they're my wife because not everybody knows that my wife is Becca. And there'll be people that come up to me like, I met your wife, Kate. I'm like, nope, not my wife, Kate. You know, <laughs> Becca, Becca, Robin, Becca, Kate, Rick. Okay, you know, so it's funny, you know, I have one wife, just to be clear. All right, one wife. All right. But my brother Rick looks a lot like me, okay, and sounds like me. And most of my brothers sound like me. And, uh, he said he'd walk through the lobby and people would, little kids would come up and go, hi, Pastor Rob. And he'd go, nope, not Pastor Rob. And the kid would be like, oh, like they couldn't comprehend. Like, why is Pastor Rob rejecting them? <laughs> so he said, don't be offended if I walk through the lobby going, yes, bless you, my child. You know, he's like, I just roll with it now and just kind of roll with it. All right. So thank you to my family that has put up with it. And Paul's like, hey, thank you. There's some anonymous people that you don't know about and they're making a difference. Greet my brother, greet my fellow Jew, greet my family because they're helping us to build the kingdom of God. Number 14, uh, he says, Narcissus household. He says, this whole household, he said, something's been going on. Now, not Narcissus. Narcissus had been executed three to four years ago uh, it, it, b before Paul wrote this. So he says, his whole household, something's going on. Again, there's a major group that is in a very powerful family. And he says, there's, a, there's something going on there. And I want you to greet those people. There's something going on. They're serving in the administration. Again, it's very similar to the previous group uh, that we just talked about in political power. But he's like, I want you to greet them because there's people there. There's people there. I, Maybe you've experienced this. You, you work at a large corporation and you're kind of careful about sharing your faith. You don't know where it's crossing the line and you don't want to get in trouble with HR and everything. And all of a sudden you're just at lunch or a meeting or somebody says they want on a missions trip and you're like, hey, I'll follow up on that. And you're like, hey, are you, are you? Yeah, you know, ah, it's great. And he's saying, hey, there's people in every company. They're out there. They're out there. And he's like, they're building the kingdom of God, whether you realize it or not. And I pray that you find those people in your company. I pray that you find them in your, in your political group. I pray, pray you find them and you band together and say, let's build the kingdom of God. But Paul's saying, hey, these guys are helping to build the kingdom of God. All right, these two are really interesting. Number 15 and 16. Tryphena and Tryphiosa. All right, I know I butchered their names. Sorry, ladies. Uh, it's two ladies. He says, greet them, these women who work hard in the Lord. Now, their names suggest that they're twin sisters, okay? Okay, and he says, they work really hard. Now, it's interesting. Do you know what their names mean? Dainty and delicate. So he says, greet dainty and delicate for me. They are hard workers. He's saying, their names may be dainty and delicate, but they are strong workers. And it's implied that they're missionaries. They're missionaries. That these two ladies that nobody would have picked answered the call of God and went to be missionaries. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I look at people that God calls for missionaries and I'm like, okay, Lord. 
All right. They're probably going to get sick and come home in a month. All right, all right. Lord, they got nothing to lose, all right? You know, Lord, you ought to send the bigger people and we could lose weight. And, you know, I, mean, I, I, you know, I don't always think that. All right, but dainty and du- Let's go back to them, all right? This is a bonus sermon. Hardly anybody watches it. All right, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Dainty and delicate. He says, they are, they are hard workers. You could be a hard worker for God. Do not let anybody look down on your size. Don't let anybody look down on your youth. Hear what Paul said to Timothy. Don't let anybody despise your youth. Be an example. Go for it. God may use teenager or dainty or delicate or young child to do an amazing work for God. And Paul's saying, everybody's helping to build the kingdom. Grab hold of it and do it. And these two ladies are hard workers and they are making a difference. And they went and answered the call. Let's thank God that he calls regular people, people that you and I may have never called, but they have just a tenacity to them that we can't even see. How many know that pro scouts, they say like, I can't even judge the size of the heart. I wish I could. And Paul's saying, you can judge these. Their heart was gigantic. They may be dainty and delicate, but these two ladies went where nobody knew about Jesus and built the kingdom of God. Greet those two. God's using them. Number 17, Persis. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who's worked very hard for the Lord. Now, I want to point this out for both services. There's a pattern here over and over again. He's like, ladies, 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 okay? Ladies, this should be one of your favorite chapters of the Bible, okay? Because he's like, deacon, hard worker, amazing missionaries, total woman of God, leader out there in front of her husband, amazing thing. And this is an interesting one. This lazy, he uses the past tense. He says, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Past tense. With the other ladies, he uses present tense. And on this one, there's an implication here that this lady might be a shut-in. Like she's done her service and now she's at home. And I want to say this. We need to remember the elderly in our church. We're a very young church, but we need to remember the elderly. There are some people that are shut-ins. We ought to go to them. Uh, for instance, our Faribault campus had a bunch of people that were part of starting that church years before we ever showed up. And they're, they're shut-ins, and many of them are in nursing homes, and we shouldn't forget about them. Paul's saying, this lady worked really hard. She did a lot of work. Don't forget, she's not anonymous. Heaven knows what this lady did. She's making a difference for the kingdom of God. She did it. Let's remember her. And I think we should remember the elderly and the shut-ins and those people that really worked hard long before we were here. Now he says, number 18, greet Rufus. That's a good name. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord and his mother, who's been a mother to me too. Now this is interesting. It's believed, now get this, it's believed that Rufus was the son of, of the Simon the Cyrene that carried the cross of Jesus. Okay, so get this. Jesus is being crucified. Simon the Cyrene carries the cross. He has his boys with him. Rufus would have been there, okay? So Rufus would have been there when Jesus was crucified, little kid. And now Rufus is a pastor. Rufus is believed to be a pastor taking care of a church and he's, he's following it what his father did because his father was changed from carrying the cross of Jesus and seeing what Jesus did and it's believed that he then started to build the church and share the message of Jesus. So let me give you this. Rufus is a PK. <laughs> PK is short for preacher's kid. 
okay? And we have a lot of preacher's kids in our church. There's a lot of preacher's kids in our congregation. There might even be a preacher's kid that is watching this sermon, and I'm just gonna take a moment for you. God is so grateful that you continue on with what your family started. It was a mom and dad here. His dad was changed, but his mom was part of the solution. And Paul says, she was like a spiritual mother to me. And he said, greet Rufus, because Rufus, you matter. Your congregation matters. And I thought about this. Simon is more famous than Rufus. Some of you just found out about Rufus right now. Simon carried a cross, but Rufus built a congregation. He built a congregation. And I want to tell you this, every PK that goes on and does that or any elder's kid or anybody that continues in the faith, maybe your mom and dad were in it before you and it comes down to you and you build on what they built, thank God for that. And I just want to say to all of our preacher's kids, we love you. You are not anonymous. You are part of this ministry. That's why, do you know, when we count our 500 missionaries, we count the, the husband and wife, and we count all their children. We all say, well, there's two. We don't count those kids. We count all of them because we say they matter. They are in on that call. They're like Rufus. They're like Rufus, and they're just building on what their parents did, and I thank God for the kids that continue to build that, and I just would just pray that our PKs go and do more than we've ever done. I pray that they outshine us and do more and more and more, and whether anyone ever notice it, thank God that they're continuing it. All right, now, those of you that are worried, like you're like, this bonus sermon is going really long. All right, 19 through 23 are a group and 24 through 27 are a group. So how many are breathing easier right now? All right, all right. 19 through 23, Paul says, greet these people with names that are hard to pronounce. Greet Asinaridius. All right, all these guys, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermas, and the other brothers and sisters. All right, I butchered their names, all right? But it's all guys. It's all guys. And so it's like, is this a group of guys that is bachelors, they're just a group of bachelors that are church planners, are they the interns? Okay, maybe they're the interns. Okay, but in all likelihood, they were all leading house churches. It's speculated that this list that Paul says is representing nine different churches that either met in storefronts of people that had like a duplex where upstairs was their home, downstairs was the church, much like the church in Cuba where they use their garage, even though they don't own a car, they build a garage and they use that for their church. And then they live over here and their bathroom's the bathroom for the church and their living room is the nursery and, that's, and they do that in Cuba. And so that's what they would do in the Bible days. Before they had buildings, they would actually use their homes and it's believed that these guys are out there just building faithful churches. And here's the word that I felt God gave me for this. And again, congregation, if you could just let me speak to any pastors that may be watching this. Um, if, even if your church is not breaking records, you're breaking strongholds. And we thank God for that. Some churches break records, and I can't even explain why River Valley has been on the trajectory that we've been on. But every church breaks strongholds. And Paul is saying, these guys are not anonymous. We don't know how big their congregation is. We don't know what even happened. We don't know much about them. But Paul saw something in these men, and he said, good job. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And if I could say this to any church in America that's preaching the name of Jesus, this church celebrates your church. I don't care if you're two or three, that's all you need in the name of Jesus to be a church wherever you are or you're 
20 or 30,000. We thank God that the name of Jesus is lifted up and we love all churches, home churches, coffee shop churches, small churches, large churches, multi-site, single site, those that meet anywhere in theaters, in bowling alleys, in I've seen churches in morgues, not my first choice, but if you're there, we love you, and I want our congregation to clap for all the pastors that are building churches all across America. Every church matters. Paul's saying every church matters, every servant matters. And then he gives another group. He says in verse 15, he said, greet Philogius, Julia, Nereus and his sister and Olympus and all the Lord's people who are with them. This is most likely, again, a core group, a core group of a church. And he's saying this whole group of you that came together and formed a church, this core group of you that are there, we're so glad that you are using what you're doing, your gifts to build the kingdom of God. And Paul's like, you're not anonymous. You guys came together as a team and I'm so glad that you're building the church of Jesus Christ. And great job, everybody. And the interesting thing is, again, you'd look at this list of names and you wouldn't even know. And of course, I butchered their pronunciation. But there's one name, Nereus. Nereus. It's speculated that Nereus was the household servant of two very, very famous, very affluent people in AD 95. While the church was growing, Nereus was a household servant of these two very, very affluent, very powerful people. These two people came to faith in Jesus Christ and were punished for that. They were punished for that and they were, were taken, uh, they were condemned to death in AD 95 because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And it's believed that Nereus was their household servant and by serving with the, the presence of God in a very affluent family's relationship, he led them to faith and then they were persecuted, okay? And Paul's saying, you have no idea where your effect is going, you have no idea when you serve God, you guys don't even know, like your little church had an impact here and two very influential people stood up for Christ and were, were banished and in trouble because of this, but your little church did it. You have no idea who you're serving or ministering to. Can I tell you this? When you're in Sunday school, when you're in Sunday school and you're serving in our nursery or in our kids' church area, you have no idea where they'll go. You'll have no idea. We have no idea. The person you greet in the lobby, you have no idea where they'll go. The person that's led to faith, you may be in a prayer team and give them the now what book. You have no idea where they'll go. The, the, the story doesn't always connect here on this earth, but Paul's giving us a little glimpse and he's saying, these people mattered. They mattered. They made a difference. They were not anonymous. And this little small core group that might've been wondering, did we ever do anything good was responsible for an amazing salvation that helped to turn an entire kingdom around that, that was the blood that fueled the forward motion of the church. Thank God for them. Thank God for them. And as we've covered these, these people in this list, it's just an amazing thing that Paul's telling us, you're not anonymous, you make a difference. I noticed these people, Paul's saying, I noticed them. And I can tell you this, I know a lot of people in this church and I thank God for your sacrifice and your gifts that you've done. But whether I know you or not, whether you ever get an award, whether you ever get praise, know this, your labor is not in vain. 
Your labor is not in vain. And the attack of the enemy is this. He will make you feel anonymous. He will make you feel like a number. He'll make you feel like your work doesn't matter or amount to anything. That's why in Galatians 6, 9, it says, don't grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know what? You can grow weary in doing good. How many know that? You can grow weary in being anonymous. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're like, nobody cares. Nobody knows me. I think I'm a number to this church. Nobody even really cares. You can't grow weary in doing well because God's like, you are not a number. I know your name. And whether the pastor ever says it or not, I know what you're doing and I'm keeping an accurate record of everything you've done. I know everything you've done. And there'll be a day that I'll reward you. It's interesting. He says, I'll reward you. I'll reward you for your works. Sometimes I even think like, this is where I think like our video that we had with the prison. I think God's like, there's your reward. You got your video. And the people that go with no cameras on, he's like, now they get a reward. Here's a reward for them. It's an amazing reward. And so God says, do your works. Do them anonymously. Realize you're not anonymous, but you can do your work anonymously and give all the glory to the name that really matters. How many know that? Whether the world ever knows your name, my name, whether they forget my name, your name, doesn't matter as long as they know the name that really matters. And that's what this church is about. I thank God that this church is about lifting up the name of Jesus and saying his name will be praised, his name will be lifted up. That's the name that everybody needs to call on. And we will keep working to lift up the name of Jesus. So Lord, I just pray right now that you'd help us to lift up the name of Jesus. To lift up the name that matters. What a tragedy that we could go through life and, and never tell people about the name that really matters, that we'd leave you anonymous. Help us, Lord Jesus, to share and use our gifts and to realize that it's the attack of the enemy to make us think that we're just a number, we're forgotten, we're anonymous. Instead, we really matter. We matter to the one that called us to serve in his kingdom. We matter to the one that saved us. And we thank you, God, for the privilege of serving you. We thank you that Paul put this in Romans 16 and gave us a glimpse into these people's lives. That we are not anonymous. We see how they served and we say, God, use us. Whether we're weak, whether we're strong, whether we're rich, whether we're poor, whether we're a man or a woman, use us, Lord Jesus, for your glory and for your honor. We lift up the name above all names. It's in that name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.